I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 148, review of Raised by Wolves, episodes 1.6 through 1.10, which was the season one finale. Well, there were lots of important, even game-changing events in episodes 1.6 to 1.7 of Raised by Wolves. I'll uh, go through some of them now. First of all, Campion and Paul are becoming rivals, even though it looks as if they'll still ultimately have each other's backs in life-and-death situations. But other than that... Campion is representing spirit and Paul, logic and science, which is interesting in itself since Campion comes from the atheists and Paul from the true believers. This may be a significant indicator of the future and the changing roles of central characters on this faraway planet. Next, the difference between the true believers and the atheists is also raging inside of Marcus. He, of course, is an atheist in the skin of a true believer. But he's hearing voices that tell him not to kill mother. And in the end of episode 1.7, he comes to believe that he might be the true believer's chosen one the orphan who lights up and leads the way to a better world on this interstellar, far, far away world. These two episodes also had lots of sharp turnarounds, to say the least, for mother and father. Father is rewired to become a robotic servant of the true believers. All that's left of the original father, courageous and wise and devoted to both mother and their adopted human children, is the little tremor he betrays in one of his hands. Mother herself is almost destroyed and saved only by the voice in Marcus's head. At least she gets to have some good virtual sex with her human creator programmer. So where do we go from here? And I ask this after seeing just those two episodes, 1.6 and 1.7, before the subsequent episodes. At that point, Marcus is convinced that he can get Mother to fight on his side. Ironically, that side is likely, ultimately, the atheist side, since that's where Marcus originally came from. But he seems to be tipping into the true believers. As for Mother... The expression on her face right after Marcus almost kisses her, his lips just a long fraction of an inch from hers, must hold some clue. It's not a look of hate or revulsion, or certainly not only that. It's more a look of profound hurt, some kind of, I don't know, recognition of a deep connection between her and Marcus. 
Is there perhaps somehow even some love there? I'm going to include this image that is of her face right after Marcus leaves in the show notes that I'll put up with this review. You can always, by the way, see those show notes. That's at lightonlightthrough.com, L-I-G-H-T-O-N, L-I-G-H-T-H-T-R-O-U-G-H, dot com. I hope I spelled that right. But anyway, it's lightonlightthrough.com. So take a look at that image and see what you think. Well, one thing I am sure of is that we'll find out more in the subsequent episodes. So, moving into Raised by Wolves episodes 1.8 to 1.9, I think of those episodes as Frankenstein and motherhood. And the story that was vividly brought home in those two episodes of Raised by Wolves, that androids can bear biological children a hybrid of some sort of android and human, lifts this series into territory not even explored in a series as sophisticated as Westworld. Of course, Westworld takes place on planet Earth with a science a lot earlier in its development than what we see in Raised by Wolves, so I'm not criticizing Westworld on this account as much as just noting the difference. And that difference is about as profound as it gets. Now, a question I started looking at way back in the 1980s when I first began considering artificial intelligence was the connection between artificial intelligence and life. Since the only intelligence that we know arose in human beings that is, us, we humans, it struck me that an attempt to develop artificial intelligence truly worthy of the name intelligence, without first understanding how intelligence arose out of our own DNA, was a classic case of, quote, putting Descartes before the horse, unquote. Well, hey, you can find some other puns like that in my 1988 book, Mind at Large, Knowing in the Technological Age, on page 80. I'll include a link to that book in my show notes and also another place where you can see that issue discussed by me. And again, that'll be on the lightonlightthrough.com webpage. But getting back to this issue, Most artificial intelligence in science fiction, as well as our real-world laboratories, has proceeded not on the basis of understanding life, but non-living circuitry. It's interesting, if you look back in history, the monster created by Dr. Frankenstein, colloquially known, of course, as Frankenstein, in Mary Shelley's 1818 novel of the same name, can be considered the first modern android. It, the Frankenstein monster, is made of flesh and blood and has a DNA-developed 
brain, so there's no reason he and his eventual almost bride could not have had children. Indeed, it is Dr. Frankenstein's fear of creating a species of monsters that gets him to abandon his project of giving the monster a mate. Even in the Boris Karloff movies made over a century later, in which a bride of the monster is created, one catastrophe or another that befalls the monsters, I always feel bad calling them monsters, but one catastrophe or another that befalls them always precludes them from reproducing, which makes what is happening in Raised by Wolves all the more remarkable. How exactly Mother, now on the way to being a completely biologically apt name for her, came to be impregnated is not completely clear, and she doesn't completely or even mostly understand this herself. She did have virtual sex with her male human creator in a simulation, as I mentioned. Presumably, this triggered a fetus that developed from what was already inside her, in contrast to the embryos that were implanted in her and we became acquainted with in the first episode. So, at the end of episode 9, there was only one more episode left to the season, and that episode would go on to tell us what this, quote, future of humanity that his mother's baby is all about. By the way, it was good in episode 1.9 to see Father back to his senses and all the children together and Marcus get his comeuppance. I'm glad, though, he wasn't dead because he's too important and well-acted a character. By the way, it occurred to me as an outside possibility that possibly Marcus had sex with Mother at some point after he so nearly kissed her. Sex that we didn't see. Maybe that relates to the look on Mother's face that I also just mentioned. Not very likely. But let's get on to the... Season 1 finale, which was on just last night on HBO Max, its big reveal is that Mother and I and everyone else was wrong about how her baby came to be and what it in fact was. The virtual sex she had with her creator apparently did not inseminate her via triggering some kind of organic material she already had inside her. Whatever it was that got her pregnant presumably came from this extraterrestrial Kepler world. Now I say apparently and presumably because I suppose it's still possible that the hellish serpent that she delivered was indeed something that her creator embedded in her back on Earth, and this baby is indeed the future of humanity. But at this point, it looks as if that entire virtual remembered conversation and activity, having virtual sex with him, with her builder, was all just a piece of masterful, misdirection. 
Now, other than all of that, which was certainly game-changing, the season finale had a variety of good touches, which I especially liked, ranging from father's jealousy to whatever was going on with Paul. Again, presumably, I'd say the voices he heard in his head came not from Saul, of course not, but they came from that ship that we saw hovering in the atmosphere, somehow. No doubt that ship will have a major role in the second season, and it's great to see, by the way, that Raised by Wolves has already been renewed. Another provocative element is the devolution of the beings on Kepler 22b. I've been thinking ever since we first saw one of those beings early on that there was a human-like quality to its head. It was really creepy, sort of like the uncanny valley. A Neanderthal skull was also revealed in the finale, and that worked just fine for me, since Neanderthals were the centerpiece of my first novel, The Silk Code, that, as I'm sure I've mentioned here many times, won the Locus Award for Best First Science Fiction Novel of 1999. You can find a link to that as well on the podcast page. But that skull also raises the possibility that maybe there was a connection between Kepler-22 and Earth in the distant past, that is, when there were Neanderthals on Earth. Assuming parallel evolution isn't the explanation for Neanderthals appearing on these two worlds so very distant, light years, numerous light years distant, from one another. So, the season finale of the superb new series, Raised by Wolves, left lots of fascinating issues. Good setup for the second season. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that review of the last five episodes of Raised by Wolves. I'll certainly review the second season, but That won't be on HBO Max, likely, for at least a year. But I'll be back far sooner than that, likely in the next few days, with either another review or more political commentary or who knows. In the meantime, enjoy. Athens, 2042 AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson's Silk Code, about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. 